Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, Beantown, Boston, Mass, USA. This is Tom Hayes, Upbeat on Blog Talk Radio, and I have got a show. I have been waiting for years for the show, just waiting for the guests to call in. We're going to be speaking with Rudy Guarino, owner of the famous, legendary, unbelievable Sugar Shack, the premier soul club in the world, not the country, not the city, but the world. The Everybody who was anybody played the Sugar Shack we're talking about. Stevie Wonder, Ray Charles, James Brown, B.B. King, uh, Gladys Knight and the Pips. You, go, you name it, it happened at the Sugar Shack. And all because of one guy, basically, Mr. Rudy Guarino, who uh, is living in Las Vegas right now. Uh, it's been interesting. I've been chatting about doing a documentary. I visited the Sugar Shack in my formative years right out of college. I remember my first show was The Hot Nuts, uh, a very, very funny R&B uh, thing, dirty as hell, and but hysterical. And uh, so I, I was just amazed. I mean, here was this, uh, in a time and in a place in history in Boston, when there really was nothing. I mean, all we had was a few clubs in Kenmore Square, mostly dating bars. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Here we go. 702. Let's see who we got. Good morning. This is Tom Hayes. Uh, who have I got on the line? Is this you, Rudy? Yes, it's me. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Upbeat with Tom Hayes. I'm in Boston, Mass., and I'm just telling everybody about your amazing club and what you created for a a magnificent 10 years here in Boston that was unique in the world. And I'm honored to have you on. I've been wanting to do a movie and then realized I could do a documentary easier than an actual movie. And so I've been talking about you for over a year and uh, had no idea that you were still you know, out there and doing things, and and now a miracle has happened, and you're alive, and we get the whole story directly from you. <laughs> that's pretty. That's pretty good. Well, thank you for having me aboard, and uh, let's see what we can do to get the Sugar Shack uh, the credit that it, that it really deserves. Well, you know, when Billy and I talked, uh, Billy Porter will be joining us with. I uh, hope. I think Billy's going to be joining us with Jerry. Um, Maffeo. Is that how oh, you pronounce Jerry's last name? That's my. That's it, Maffeo. That, that's my. That was my manager. That's great. That's great. So, um, you yeah. know, well, let's get. Let's. We want to do these shows, but we want to tell people one of the prime reasons for doing the show is because your current dream is to start a soul music festival of all the original artists, and so why don't you talk about that a little bit? Okay. Well, this is what I planned. Uh, since uh, I've been in Vegas, a lot uh, the gambling has fell off a lot because there's gambling in every state today. But uh, they've turned more to festivals out here. They just had a festival called the... Can you hear me clearly? Oh, by the way, you're coming in excellent. Oh, they had a festival called the Rock of Rio. It came from Rio de Janeiro, and uh, it was a four-day festival, two weekends. And uh, it drew over 172,000 people. Beautiful. 
in the weekends. So they, there's another festival that comes in this month. It's called the Electrical Daisy Carnival Festival. It's music, and they they set up in the, in the, one of the football stadiums out here. We have uh, Sam Boyd Stadium. So I got the idea talking. I was on the Maurice Star show, and uh, a lot of he had some of the acts interview me and uh, that played the Sugar Shack, and uh, I got the idea then. They were telling me, "When are you going to do something big? When are you going to come back?" So I got the idea. Let me do a festival with uh, there's about 25 or 30 acts that are still working. I could, uh, to my amaze, I couldn't believe it. So I yep. was figuring, I was figuring to put a soul festival with the, the acts that are still living and the videos of the acts that passed away. Oh, beautiful! That's what I'm trying to do right now. I'm trying to get some sponsors or try to find some people that would uh, want to back the shows. Well, we're yep. hoping that by doing the show as often as we can and maybe contacting some of the artists, we build a little buzz to uh, let people know that the, the whole idea of the Sugar Shack is still alive and that you have this dream, and what a fantastic thing. You know, it's funny, Rudy, whenever I grew up in Roxbury and married a girl from Roxbury, and uh, I was you know, exposed to soul music at, all my life, and then to see Boston, I mean, you what you were doing then was unheard of because I was telling people before you just get on the air, there really was no club scene. It, in fact, it was dying. I mean, you, uh, Blinstrups was gone, and uh, so you and the Jazz Workshop and Paul's Mall were just about the only places where you had name bands. That's, that's correct. That's you know the only other thing in Boston there was you had the combat zone, and then you had Kenmore Square, which was basically just dating bars. I mean there were really you know didn't have anything in terms of uh, really established groups or named groups, and uh, yeah. So so you were unique. You were not only unique in Boston, but I, I can make the claim that, and I have for years that you were unique in the world. I, there was no other place in the world like the Sugar Shack. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the compliment. <laughs> well, it was true. Well, I mean, yeah, go ahead. I mean, why don't you talk about it? Well, what I did is uh, I was very friendly with a singer called Jerry Vale, and uh, we were very friendly, and uh, he invited me out to, to Vegas with him. And then from there, he played the Sands Lounge, and he stood there about 17 weeks, and then from there we went to Florida, and uh, I happened to go into this Peppermint Lounge, and I listened to this guy, this fellow named Wayne Cochran, I don't know if you ever heard of him. (laughs) Oh yeah, I heard of Wayne, the white James Brown. Yeah, the white James Brown, so I was amazed at uh, the show he put on and I'm I found him, not him. I found him. Hey, 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 just hey, hey, uh, Rudy, Jerry, Jerry just joined us. Oh, hi. Oh, hey. God bless you. Jerry was kicking. kicking. Can you hear us? Yeah, yeah we can hear you. All right, go yep. listen to the truck. I've got Jerry Maffeo here. 
Rudy's partner. Chuck and the jury. Here he is. <clears throat> couple of stories. One. Jerry, yeah, I'll just tell the story how the Sugar Shack got started. I was in Florida with, uh, and I went to see Wayne Cochran, and all of a sudden, he writes. I was and simply and a was on the same place that was in the barn. We saw Wayne Cochran yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and Sam and Dave. Yeah. Well, what happened was that uh, he stopped doing all soul stuff, and uh, I, I questioned it, and I said, is this guy original? He says, uh, somebody told me one of the workers in the place says, no, he's doing Sam and Dave, he's doing Wilson Pickett, he's doing James Brown, he's right. doing Eddie Floyd. I says, who are these people? You know? He <laughs> says, they have, they have these records. So when I came to Boston, I think Jerry introduced me to somebody that had a club, and uh, we just started from there. Wow. His name was Steve. Was it Steve brought us the place? Let me finish. We brought Wayne Cochran in to open the place. We spent a lot of money decorating the place, and the first day, Wayne Cochran ripped the whole club apart. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> he broke all the bottles. He broke up the bottles. Oh Jesus! He broke everything. He broke chairs. He broke the the uh, the, the drapes. <laughs> everybody was holding me back. I, I wanted to stop him and everything, but uh, they just all the ceilings. All the ceilings he punched in. Classic. <laughs> That's a classic story. We filmed all this stuff. We would have been zillionaires. Hey, listen to the story that Jerry got. Jerry got a story about Bootsy Collins coming in with the diaper. What happened with him, with George Clinton, Parliament Funkadelic? Listen to this one. Rudy, Parliament and Funkadelics, they're all in tuxedos. They come in and... They come in, and they get on the stage, the first show, and one guy's got diapers on, another guy's got a clown's hat on, and now Hootie Crew says to me, get him out of here, cut your father. So we have to keep them, because you've got to pay them. So we put them in the cave. Then you brought in them five guys that were always there. You had they were, you were managing them. You sent them to California and all that. The Tavares? No, not the Tavares, but it's another group he had. I forgot the their name. The lords, the lords, the landlords, the landlords, the landlords. There were five guys in four, four piece band. He brought them in. People would come to pay the buck or the two bucks to get in, and they go in the other room to watch the guy with the diaper. I came in late that night. You looked. You said, "Where the fuck are all the people?" I said, "In the other room." <laughs> <laughs> now we didn't even have money to pay them. You know, we could have paid them. More than what they were supposed to get. Where do you think they slept? The, the guys, the other guys, uh, George Clinton and his crew, in the Boston Common. They slept in the park. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whatever we do with Stevie Wonder. There was another. There was another story with him and Stevie Wonder. It's funny. He's off. I used to bring Stevie Wonder on when he was a kid. He was little Stevie Wonder, you know, and. The, the service area was about 40 or 50 feet long, which you go in one door and come out the other, you know, so they wouldn't clash into each other. And I would have to go there and pick them up because 
his room was there. That that was where, you know, he had his, his uh, dressing room. I'd go in, and I'd walk into this, and step two steps in, and he'd say, is that you, Jerry? And I'd say, how do you know I'm here? I'm only feet away from you. <laughs> he'd say, I know your cologne, and I know your footsteps. <laughs> wow. Amazing, huh? That was the gods. That was how, how cute he was to me. Wow. And he asked me for a favor. What do you think the favor was? He never had a coconut. And I went to the Swatchy Brothers in, in the Italian district, and I, the guy ordered me two coconuts. And I, woke, I brought him in. I cracked one. I let him get the milk. He was ecstatic. Ecstatic. He <laughs> came back every three, three months. Wow. Wow. Yeah, he was ecstatic. How old was wow. he when he was working the club? He started when he was about 16 and a half years old. 16, well, huh? Wow. He had the name, had the name Lou. Uh, I forgot how old he was, but uh, uh, he was called by the name Little Stevie Wonder. Little Stevie Wonder. Wow. Then Ray Charles, when we had him with the Raylets, he wanted to play chess. So the only guy that knew how to play chess out of all his group guys, you know, was me. So I played him twice. He beat me twice. He was blind. <laughs> oh, I my God. Common Varo, who really was a, a, a ringer, and he beat him the first game, and then Common beat him the second game. Blind, he was beating us. Wow. Wow. How did he know wow. the rules? Did you have to tell him the way you, where he was? Yeah, you just put your hand where it is. Show them. He knew. Oh. He knew from the move you made and he made that where everything was. Well, how can you do a board like that and know every piece? I don't, amazing. The man knew it. I'm amazing. I, I told you, he beat me twice. Wow. <laughs> I you guys got more stories than Walt Disney, I'm telling you. Unbelievable. Classics. These are classics. Wow. Rudy, do you so, remember? So, Jerry, I, so continue the story about... You saw you saw Corcoran. You decide to book him. You know, and so you know you and Jerry. Did you both say, "Hey, there's something to the soul music thing"? What, oh what yeah, I was dancing to him. I was like, I was a dance show. It's a dance show when I was a kid. So he made me really cold this kid. You know, so I told Hippo about him. Hippo let the Florida saw him and says, and I had him right there and then. But Sam and Dave was the act with him, and their hit record was "Hold On, I'm Coming" at that time. Wow. But I got to tell you, this story is the best story of all. You got to remember, we had a white club. Uh, we had Wade Cock, and then we had uh, this, something in the CC Riders. I forget his honest name. Uh, yep. Kid from Detroit. Detroit Wheels. Detroit Wheels. Yep. What was his name? But the Detroit Wheels, the kid. I forgot his name. Now, what happened? New Year's Eve, Christmas, uh, New Year's Eve, Rudy couldn't buy an act. He bought the sack from Motown, but what were they? The shot, what was the names of them? Girls, four girls. The Clorettes or something like that. You remember the name of them, Rudy? Rudy, remember the New Year's Eve, the four girls? I can't hear them too, cool, too clear, Jerry. I can't hear New Year's them. Eve. New Year's Eve. We had a black act because you couldn't buy it get a white act. What were uh, their names? Uh, girls, four girls, the Clorettes or something like that. Let me tell you. Let me tell a story that happened. Uh, we after we had Wayne Clark, well, I think we had the Detroit Wheels and uh, uh, what's the Joey D and the Starliners, right. and 
Then uh, I turned around and uh, I went to Wilson Pickett. Right. And we well, got to go before that. No, Hippo, before that, on New Year's Eve, we had a black act. And I went up to you says, go check at 730. Let me go outside and check. It was me, you, and Chijolo. I'll never forget this. He says, go check and see if there's anybody outside. I went, and there was a line all the way from the sugar shack past the fucking Brigham's, all the way around the corner, all black people. He said, oh, I said, hey, this is it, Bo. You're not going to believe this. There's all black people in line. He says, come with me. I said, you know what I mean? We went up there, we looked around the corner from the alley, all black people. He says, what are we going to do? I says, don't worry. I'll go outside. I said, we sold the club for the night to a black organization, and that will be it. And we'll charge for three bucks like we said in the paper. Mom, we sold out for the night. We had one of the biggest nights we ever had. Wow. That's when it started. That's how it all Wilson started, huh? Pickett. Wilson Pickett. Then he started buying all the acts. Wow. All the acts. Wow. And this guy, the comedian that was with me, Wilson Pickett, and all the acts, kept saying, Graham, who's this Graham? Where he, where he from? I never forget that. <laughs> where he from? Oh, my Jesus. Too funny. That was, that was the club of all clubs. And I will tell you, we had them all. The best in the you country. Know, we had them all. Wow. We had them all. Superstar. Really? Well, we had them all. I want to tell you an, an interesting story, Mike. Again, I grew up in Roxbury, grew up in Cleveland Street, which was between Moreland and Winthrop, right in Dudley area. And, you know, listened to soul music my whole life. And then when I went through college, and it was ironic, a a white kid from Weymouth brought me, and he says, well, the first act I saw there was the Hot Nuts. Oh, yeah, Yeah. remember the Hot Nuts? Yes. In between games, in between acts, they play cards all the time, the Hot Nuts. I remember the Lord of God. Yeah, they were fantastic, and, and I, I was in shock knowing that there's club. But anyway, I took my, before I got married, I took my wife to Italy. And we're in Rome, we're in Florence, we're in Venice. For a whole week, we see every single major site in Italy. And I said to her last night, okay, I've taken you to all these places. Of all the places we've been in the world, what is the most unique place in the world? And she looked at me and she goes, the Sugar Shack. <laughs> and to this day, I have traveled the world. There has never, ever been, been a place, place like, like the Sugar Shack. Well, wow. it was it was some place. Believe what I tell you. I really, really loved it. Wilson Pickett. We get Wilson Pickett, and before you know it, they said the colleges are calling me. Boston College is calling me, and uh, they want Wilson. They want Wilson Pickett for Saturday night. I said, what do I do without Wilson Pickett on Saturday night? They said, we've got to have him. We'll give you a police escort. I said, well, wait a minute. What time do you want him? Uh, they said, any time. So I said, well, if you can use him around 4 o'clock, give me a police escort, bring him back and forth. I can, uh, I can uh, my show won't go to around 7, 7.30, you know. So they agreed. They gave us a however payday, and we wouldn't believe what they gave us. And uh, it was unbelievable. And we did it. And Boston College was so happy, and everything, and everything went beautiful. You know, that was what. 
It was shocking who you had there. Shocking. What else could you say? Let me tell you. you, you got to remember. Go ahead. Can I say something? you got to yeah. remember something. We had uh, the Tavares brothers as one of our housemates. Then we had Harold Melvin and the Blue Hearts were nothing. They didn't have a hit record yet. And Teddy Pendergrass was a drummer. He was singing in between shows on the drums. What happened is their lead singer left and went to the Temptations, and he became the lead singer, Teddy Pendergrass. Wow. And the oh, first God. hit they oh, had was Teddy's song. And I never forget him inside the little office. There was a double office outside with the little record going over and over, learning the words better and better in our little office. That first Unbelievable. I love song wow. he had. It was fabulous. Wow. And that was his beginning. And the, the Tavares brothers were called Chubby and the Turnpikes. They were a family band. Wow. And they had their first hit record. And the brother that made the hit record, they threw him out. Well, Tavares was from what, New Bedford? Bedford. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, New Bedford. And yep. you know something, a friend of mine who I'm working for now called Verone, and Mike Vicky Verone is known all over New England, has them every week, every July, he has one of the, the Tavares Brothers' kids playing for them. And when he opened his grand opening in the, the Park Plaza Hotel, he had the Tavares Brothers there, not the, one of the brothers and the kids. Wow. They're still working. Wow, still working, huh? Wow. Yeah, wow. We're talking, they were in our club in 1967 to 68. Wow. How many years ago that is? That's 45 years, 40 years ago. Yeah. You know? Amazing. This, is, this wow. is just unbelievable, the fact that these many years later, we're still talking about, I've been talking about it my entire life, uh, that if you miss the Sugar Shack, you miss the greatest club happening in the world. Now, wow. now another thing, I was very close to Toby C., and Davis. I lived with Billy Canigliaro. You know, we were all close. We hung together. And another guy called Billy Bates was the Patriots trainer. Well, Tony C. went on the, what you call it, show? Rudy, what was the name of that show? Bert Griffith. show. And he told Bert Griffith on the show about, you know, the Sugar Shack and where... He took Bill Griffith to the Sugar Shack to see his show. Wow. I think it was Junior Walker and the All-Stars. Wow. Bill Griffith wow. was here. I never thought that. And that's when he was in his heyday. He was like yeah. uh, Johnny no. Carson at that time. Wow. I, now, what I think, What do you think? I, I think mean... Uh, yeah, the question was, I mean, you, you, I mean, the, the, the names: Ray Charles, BB King, James Brown. You know, on and on. What, what one act, Stevie Wonder? What one act stood out that you remember? Like, me. well, Jackie, let me say, Jackie, let me, uh, let me tell let you me something. Say, uh, we had so many great acts. It is very hard to pick out. To pick one. You know, other than the the, 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 the,
There was but, a lot of uh, harmony remember, in that club. A lot of harmony. I remember one night, the opening night with Jackie Wilson. You think Frank Sinatra came to Boston and came to the Sugar Shack. There was 50 fucking bottles of champagne. 51 bottles of wow. champagne on the bar. The whole bar was full of champagne bottles. The show was fabulous. But the James Brown band with the two drummers on each side, Dirty Peace band, you never heard anything like that. Wow. The whole I know. I was there. Oh, Bobby Sinatra. You saw it. You remember that. Jumping, Eight dollars. Huh? Eight dollars to get in. Amazing. Amazing. We tried eight dollars for him and eight dollars for Ray Charles. Wow! I think Jack Wilson was four dollars, three or four dollars. What a show he put on! Wow! Let oh my God! Let me. Let me. He had everybody. Me, the old James. Everybody. Let me add my two cents. Uh, Jackie Wilson had the champagne title. He sold right. more champagne more than champagne anybody. Right. Wow! Uh, everybody wow. Uh, Wilson Pickett has the has the title of uh, the crowd was so great and so strong they went through the the glass door that we had upstairs. They went right through the door. That's how big. That's right. Wow, it's unbelievable. Wow. You know, so you said every night in there was just well, and, and the audience. I, I mean, you just had an uninhibited audience that just went crazy, screaming and yelling. I mean, and you couldn't have been, not only between, there's no way a white audience would have reacted the way that your audience reacted. And and the beauty about it, we never had a problem in that club. We never had a problem. We were seven, never. seven guys, six, seven never. guys. Never. A lot of, and we had control. There's a lot of harmony there, seven a lot guys. of harmony in that club. Yeah. They didn't want to fight them people. They, yeah. they just wanted to have a nice time and watch, watch good music. That's great. They didn't awesome. come there to fight them, argue, or anything. Yeah, and there was a lot of racial tension in that period, in that time. Yeah. There was a lot of well, racial Rudy tension. helped them out with James Brown at the Boston Garden. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the I FBI, remember. The FBI was in there, Tom, one day. They were, they were following some of the undesirable characters, and they came back to the office and they told me, how do you control these people? It's just, what are you talking about? How come you never have a problem in this place? I says, well, listen, this is a showroom. We give the people a show. They come in. There you go. Show. After the show, out they go. They're very happy. <laughs> and- <laughs> After the show, out they go. And you want to know something? <laughs> They wouldn't even have to say a word to them. They just got up and left. Wow. It's true. Just to have a good time. Everybody just to have a good time. They found that answer. They used to run out to go to the after-hour places in the South End. Oh, yeah? They used to run off because they would go to the after-hour places. Wow. It was over. They couldn't have nothing to drink. There's no more show. Boom, out the door. (laughs) Well, I got to tell you, one night I was there, and you're right. And all the time we were there, and, you know, here we grew up in Rocks. We grew up in a predominantly black neighborhood, and you go into the Sugar Shack, and you had a, what, 300-seat-something capacity? Well, right. No, more, not 300, but we used to put in five, six, seven hundred. So, <laughs> <Wow. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, <laughs> it did it. Oh, 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 Two big bars, and we used to stack them in the bars. At the oh, bar. yeah. 
back of the bar. We used to have 100 people behind my front bar, the front bar. Wow. Amazing. And you had, um, and, 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 and the numbers were, if there were 500 people in there, 450 of them were black and 50 of them were white. White, right. 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 Fifty, just fifty. I mean, because right. you know, I mean, just well. First of all, it wasn't your club because once you got in the club, you felt safe. But in those days, Boston was so bad. I mean, we're talking nothing like today. That you, to walk from your car to the sugar shack, you you ran. I gotta say this real quick. There one night there was a problem. Something quick by the stage. Some couple of fists flew. I never saw anything so effective in my life. Four or five guys ran from your the, the back room in suits, picked up right. these two guys, and took them out the back door. Right. <laughs> and me, it happened me, in a me, flash. Right. It was me and Chigel. I remember the beef. And the guy in the wheelchair started the whole thing. <laughs> And you picked up the wheelchair, too. Yeah, you picked up everybody. You just picked them up, and you took them out, and everybody went, what the fuck happened? (laughs) (laughs) That was very rare. I had a brand new $200 jacket, a white uh, silk jacket that I got blood on from the guy that that started the whole beat. Oh, jeez. Unbelievable. Well, I and tell what, you, you guys were effective. Coats to come in the front door? You had a, and then what, if you didn't have a coat, they no, gave no, him up no, for 20 bucks no, and they no. walked around and gave her? That was, that was later on. Sugar Shack, you didn't need a sport jacket. At first, oh, okay. we, we, we but no sneakers, no jeans, no hats. You know, right. Coat. Just a little, little dress coat. Yeah. You kept, kept the right people in line, you know? Yeah. And the guys that were tough guys that we knew, we wouldn't let them pay. Yeah. You understand? Even the black ones. Yeah. They had a right to compete. We wouldn't let them pay. But we knew everybody, you know? Yeah. We know 50% of the regulars. Yeah. And his brother, Rudy's brother, uh, knew who they were, and he just let them in. He wouldn't let them pay. But they were the bigger spenders. You know what I mean? Yeah, they were yeah, the yeah. spenders, and they, and they adhered to us. And when the argument started, they'd go right over, hey, hey, come on. Not here. Go up. Pick it up. You know? Yeah, good. They would yeah. side with us, you know? Yeah. Plenty of ladies of the evening to us, right? They would come late. They would come at 12 4. They'd come for the last show. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And they would come in decked out. First of all, first of all, as you walked into uh, on Boston Street, they were from from the corner there, from like Steinway down, all the way down right. to Tremont, it was lined, double right. parked with, uh, with Pimpmobile. Cars. And no yep. one and no one would get a ticket. I don't know how it no, happened. That's they right. that. I couldn't I couldn't believe it. No <laughs> one get a Amazing. Yep. And it set the well, you know Go ahead. I'd like to hear why. But I think I think they didn't get tickets because they just threw them away and they never showed up in court. <laughs> <laughs> they just care. That's right. I'll tell you. That's right. Well, we had a guy on a couple of weeks ago when we did the first show about the Sugar Shack. His name is Gigi, and he said, he says, you have to understand those pimp mobiles were the offices of those pimps. <laughs> that right. was the office. They took their girls in town, and that was it. You're right. They were like offices. 
That's where they bought the money, too. You know, talk a little bit about, not only was there a show on the stage, but the show, the show in the club. In the club, the way they dressed, with high hats, pink high hats, green suits, lime green suits with a high hat, green high hat. Uh, they were unbelievable. Canes, they'd walk with canes, all the pimps. Yeah. And they all knew each other, and they they buy each other drinks and all that there, you know. But yeah, and the, the, the jewelry. And one of them, yeah, the jewelry, the gold, the gold watches and rings and chains. And, and how about this? When they started arguing with each other, they say, yeah, do you know your daddy? Well, in the clothes, the furs, the minks. Yeah, minks, furs. You know, oh, now I, there was one cat. There was one guy that was amazing. He used to come in every week in a different leather suit, from the hat all the way down to those pants to the cane. Everything matched, and everybody waited for this guy. I mean, do you remember him? I remember him, and I remember Big Daddy, who was one of the great guys. Norman was a funny bastard, and a nice guy. He was there every night, seven nights a week. He was six three six four, and he was a friend of ours, a real friend. Whenever there's anything, he never worked for us, but he always favored us in any kind of an argument. And and I'm going to tell you something. They wore fur coats. They were the first men to wear fur coats. Yeah. You never saw a man with a fur coat until you saw a black guy with him. Yeah. And you know why they had all that clothing and everything? Unfortunately, I'll tell you the truth. What I think. I think 90% is because they had women that worked for them just stealing. You understand? Yeah. And they had the best of clothing because of that. That was one oh, of yeah. the reasons, you know? And yep. uh, I'm going to tell you why. I worked at that time before that in Kennedy's, and they told us when black people are doing something, leave them alone. Don't get yourself involved. The older managers would tell us this. Because wow. if you grab them or send anything, they'd run away, they'd start yelling, you know, yeah, 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 okay. Prejudice, and then they sue you, you know? Yeah. So they right. had a right to walk to the store and walk whatever they want. Boy, the times, 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 huh? It was anything. Now, and here's an interesting story. I, I, I went to um, graduate school at the University of Connecticut, and there was a guy on our floor named Pittsburgh Ed, and all he did was play soul music all day long. And he would brag about the clubs they had in Pittsburgh. I said, well, you haven't seen anything, I said. We have the club of clubs. I haven't been the rest of the world, but I know there can't be anything better than the sugar sack. He says, okay, call them. See who they got there. It was a Thursday night. I called from Stores, Connecticut, an hour and a half away, and I asked who's there. And they said, Curtis Mayfield and the Impressions. Well, just right, right. And so I I held the phone. I said, uh, Curtis may feel any impression. He goes, you got to be shitting me. <laughs> I said, so we jumped in the car, and we put, and we put suit, suit coats and ties on because we knew we had to be dressed. And we came up to the club. We walked down. I'll never forget it. It was a scene out of good, Goodfellas where, the, where he walks into the club, and they give him a seat right in front. And it, we, we walked in, walked downstairs. The doors open up. That We're late. The place is packed. And there's Curtis Mayfield and the Impressions in white suits, all of them, white tuxedos, singing, keep on pushing. 
And the place <laughs> is going crazy. This guy looked at me and said, I will never tell you about Pittsburgh again. And <laughs> the only place we could get a seat was at the bar. And we couldn't even get seats together. And I'm sitting beside some cat. And all of a sudden, Sugar Shack Otis is running around the, the room yelling, I got one more. I got one more. He, he always had one more. At 7 o'clock at night, he had one more. <laughs> For the longest time, I believed he only had one more. Then every night, he had one more till 12 o'clock at night. You've got to remember, we had the four talks. Yeah, and, and this, and this had, guy. Name, I... Go ahead. Go ahead. We had the guy, I heard it through the grapevine, him and his group. What was their name? Oh, oh um, yeah, oh. yeah. Oh, God. Uh, um, I can see his face now. Yeah, go ahead. Marvin Gaye. Marvin, Marvin Gaye. Marvin Gaye. Marvin Gaye. And the group. Uh, what was the name of the group? I, I, I can't hear you. Was he alone or was he with Tammy Terrell? He was, no, he, Marvin Gaye was with a group. And oh, okay. Then we had Tammy Terrell and the other guy, not him. Who was okay. the one with Tammy Terrell? And we had to kill that What? Ashford and Simpson. Did you have David Ruffin? Oh, yeah, Ashford and Simpson. Yeah, okay. Ashford and Simpson. Ashford and Simpson, that's right. David and Ruffin. We had David Ruffin. We had Temptations. Eddie Kendricks. The Temptations, yeah. We never had them. They didn't get the Temptations, but you got David No, Ruffin. but he had Eddie Kendricks. We had, we had them both. Wow. We had both of them. But we, we only had them. They broke up, so we ended up picking up David Ruffin and then Eddie Kendricks. That's right. Yep. And we also brought up to Florida in your other place, Frank, over Moody. Your other place. We brought them down there. I remember that. You oh, know what? Moody was like a father to them guys. All of them. Whenever they went broke, wherever Rudy was, they come and Rudy and say, Rudy, can you give me a Gino? Can you give me 500? He never refused them, but they always paid them back. They wow. never refused them. Solid wow. And they, 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 you know, they loved them. They actually loved them. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, yeah. That's why we got all their acts. Um, yeah. Well, we because they, him, because yeah. they all loved them. Amazing. That's well, great. We created the in-spot. It got to right, the point. spot all the acts wanted to work. The sugar well, jack. I got them all. It was wow. so yeah. much. Yeah. Well, so well, you know, what, go, go ahead. I never had to call an agent. The agent just to call me. Hey, what do you got open? Yeah, I'll take the date. I'll take the date. The, wow. The wow. Wanted to play the sugar shack. It became Let me the tell you a story. I told him a story. It's unbelievable. There's a, the, we had a group called the Clinton, I don't know, a town. Uh, in, and they said, we got a, my brother, a kid told us, my brother has a bullet, you know, a, a 50 and a bullet of the song. His name is Cool in the Game. So Rudy bought them, like, say, in February. They came in, say, in July. Uh-huh. When they came in, the bullet was number one hit. Wow. Now listen to this. We opened the doors. For a dollar, they get twenty two hundred for the week. Wow, Looney, we did forty six thousand that week. Wow, in the gang, we went from one dollar to two dollars to three dollars. We couldn't stop the fucking clowns. Wow, <laughs> I think the main hit was celebration. I celebration think. when they come up with celebration. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. That so, 
And they and they, the kid come in, he's like 17 years old. He's got a girl about 15 years old with a baby. Wow. I says, with a lead singer? Yeah. yeah. The, 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 you know, the film and all that stuff, you wouldn't believe there was not one bad show out of the maybe hundreds of shows. Hundreds of actors. shows. Wow. No, you're right. Show. You're right. So, what, I'm thinking now about uh, George Clinton and the Parliaments. When did you yeah. finally let them take the main stage? Oh, yeah. Now, what happened was they did so well in that stupid little club. We had an over week open. The next week, the Lords were supposed to work, and we let them work for the Lords. Wow. And they, they packed the place all week long, and they became one of our key acts. George Clinton loved Rudy. Wow. Whatever Rudy said, wow. that was it. He loved Rudy. Wow, we got to try to get him on the show here. They didn't I'll give you a funny story about George Clinton. He was working out here at the Red Rock Hotel, and it was cold that night, and I went up to see him. You couldn't get into place. So I said, let me call his dressing room. Well, my friend that was with me says he probably won't remember you. I said, like hell he won't. So I called him. <laughs> I said, uh, Josh Clinton. Uh, so his valet or manager answered. He says, uh, well, Josh is dressing right now, and he can't take any calls. Well, see if he'll take a call from Rudy Garino from the Sugar Shack. The guy came back and says, you he will speak to. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> I actually reached out to his team yesterday to try to get him to call in. He's probably busy, but we're going to get him one week on this show. I'm going to reach out and try to reach out to his PR people. Yeah. Well, we yeah. got a lot. We got so much stories. I think we could write twenty books about the Sugar Shack. Well, Rudy, well, I'm going to write the play. So this is what we're well, Rudy, to I'm going to write the book. Write the stage play, and he's going to write well, a book. Well, Rudy, we're going to take. We're going to take these these shows, which become podcasts. These shows just don't go away. They go on iTunes. They go all over the world, and people can access these. And we're going to start building a buzz, and we're going to use the content from these. And we're going to put them into script, and we're going to write a book. We're going to write a book with all these stories. And what I want to do, yeah, and what I want to do, Rudy, is get some of the artists who are still alive to call into the show, and we'll feature an artist a week. Well, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Is it, what's the name? They know Jay's still there. What's Eddie the, Laverne? Eddie Laverne is still in Vegas. Eddie Laverne, I speak to him all the time. All right. Well, let's get Eddie on. Eddie's coming to the Strand. He's coming to the Strand right. in Dorchester. Dorchester. In Dorchester, is that yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. We have yep. to get tickets. We'll go yep. see him. Hey, He's amazing. His brother looked just like him, and he was the guy that carried all the, all the things. He was a fighter. He used to carry all the, the band equipment. I don't know how he did it, that poor bastard. He had 300 pounds of equipment. Wow. Wow. Into the sugar shot. Wow. Wow. All right, so what do you say we try to get a hold of Eddie for the next show? Right. Right, I can do that. I can do that. I'll get in touch with his best friend in Boston. He was a DJ. His name was Eddie Barnett. He has all the old stuff, all the old records. He was there seven nights a week. Eddie Barnett. Oh, I loved it. 
I he used to sit at the table. I tell people he'd leave the stage, he'd come out, he'd sing a cappella, he'd sit at our table and sing to us. Yeah, right. he looked great. Right. Hey, listen, guys, they're going to. They're going to shut us off in about a minute. I don't want to lose you. So, Rudy, right. we're going to do this again, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Right. We'll get Love it. Jerry, you're right. going to join us? Absolutely. Yeah. I'd like to bring this Tom is... Hayes into the North Temple. Hey, Tom, Tom, you ready? You, you, you have time to come in and meet Jerry one day. We'll sit down Absolutely. And have a I can't. This is so right. exciting after all these years yeah. to make the sugar yeah. shot. Rudy, we're going to write the book. We're going to do the movie. Yeah. We're going to do the documentary. We're going to come out and fly out and spend some time with you and film you and Jerry together. Yeah. We want to try to put together also the stage play. It's called Back to the Sugar Shack. You know what? All right, they're going to cut us off. Till the next time, let's try to set it up in a week or two. Okay. I saw the Motown show. I saw the Motown show in 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 uh, in Boston. What a show they put on! Just recently. Well, we're going to do one better. 